Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best, the podcast. It is for writers, authors, editors, and other literary professionals. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Words, an editing boutique, and also the founder and hostess of Editor Knows Best. Today, we do have a special guest, but before we get to that, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can go to anchor.fm slash editor knows best to listen to our past episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can also sign up on that page. So with no further ado, our guest today is a fourth grade teacher for the Charles County Public Schools in Maryland. She has developed reading curriculum and instructional activities for elementary students. She is a 2020-2021 nominee for the Charles County Teacher of the Year. She is a certified lead facilitator for Real Women, a nonprofit organization that unites women from various backgrounds to connect in the community for the purpose to grow and also for personal development. Kia edits blogs, hosts virtual sister circles and leads a monthly in-person sister circle in Charles County. Additionally, she is one of the contributing authors for the book, Real Women on the Journey, A Traveler's Guide to Everyday Life, which was released in December of 2017, and her memoir on the topic of loneliness will be released early this year. Thank you again, Kia Mason, for being our guest today. Thank you for the opportunity. Fantastic. So will you just give us a little bit of background um, about the book that you'll be releasing soon? Absolutely. So the book is entitled When Loneliness Visits. And I just really, really, really believe that it is something that everyone could relate to. Um, It is addressed specifically to women throughout the text, but I think that men would find it useful to read as well, because at some point in life, we all experience different seasons of loneliness for different reasons. And so this is just a very transparent look on how I've dealt with loneliness in the past, Um, just giving some true stories about how I've responded to lonely seasons in my life. And the flip side of it is that those ways may not be the healthiest ways, may not be the best ways that we respond to it all the time. And that goes for anything that we're facing, any affliction that we're facing. But the other side is that we have a choice to respond differently. And so the flip side of the book discusses how I began to learn to respond to again, the lonely seasons in my life and just by looking at it from a different perspective. Thank you. And what inspired you to write a book about it? Loneliness is such a vulnerable thing that we, of course, all, um, that we all experience, but what gave you that courage and motivation to share your story with the world, essentially? Absolutely. So I, I never thought I would be a writer. That's that's for sure. I'm an elementary teacher, <laughs> as you said, and that's all I thought I would be. And that was all I planned to be. Um, but you mentioned when you were introducing me, you mentioned that I'm a lead facilitator for an organization called Real Women Rock under the leadership and direction of our founder, Dr. Trenace Richardson. And I became a facilitator for Real Women on accident, I mean, kind of just out of the blue as well. It was a sister circle that I was attending. And every year we have what's called an intensive. And that's kind of like a combination of a retreat and a conference kind of combined together. And it's called an intensive. And 
she asked me to facilitate a session at our winter intensive back in 2017, in December of 2017. And our um, highlight for the intensive, our theme rather, was um, real women on the journey. And so she assigned to me what my topic was going to be. And there were like maybe six of us that she had facilitating and she gave each of us a topic and she gave me loneliness. And so my very first time facilitating a real woman sister circle, it wasn't just a little small sister circle, this was at an intensive with lots and lots of people, lots and lots of women. Um, and I was given a presentation on loneliness mm -hmm. and it was my first time, but I felt so comfortable. I felt very comfortable talking about the subject and engaging the audience in a discussion with me because that's what Real Women is all about. It's not just someone talking at you, but right. it's an engaging conversation. And when I did that, I had about an hour. And then mm -hmm. once I did that, I was like, oh my goodness, there's so much more I want to say. It had me, you know, digging up stuff from my past that I didn't know was still there that I you know didn't know I was still dealing with and and I, I saw myself transforming and and I was you know still facing loneliness because we always you know can be um we I don't think that we just get unlonely all the time and obviously my a lot of my lonely feelings stemmed from being single and not having children mm -hmm. and those circumstances have not changed, but yet I, I see myself changing as a person and as a woman. And so I just felt compelled to find a platform where I could share that more. So since I have facilitated about it, I was like, hmm, okay, let me try this whole writing thing. And I was already blogging for real women anyway and experiencing, and again, for me, blogging is, was just like, right, I'm writing a journal. I'm right. releasing it, I'm getting it out. I think the journaling is really healthy and therapeutic for me. And, you know, just starting to share it with other people and seeing how much they were inspired and how much they connected to what I was saying. And I was just getting all kinds of, you know, thanks and appreciation for just sharing my stories through that platform, I just decided to combine it. I, I knew a publisher, um, Real Women, you mentioned, we had worked on a collaborative devotional together back in 2017. And so in January, 2018, I was like, you know what? I just spoke about loneliness. Now I wanna write about it. Mm -hmm. And I know that was a really long story, but that's, mm -hmm. how, that's how the idea was inspired. Awesome, well, thank you for sharing that. And that is, definitely inspirational. I'm glad that you, um, you know, took the next step and that you are writing your book and that it'll be available to the public. That's awesome. So I know you mentioned a collaborative project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, some of our audience members are, or most of them are writers and authors and some of them um, might be interested in like anthologies or working with other writers. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So um I'll try to make it as short as I can. So, um, the community of Real Women, Real Women Rock. Um, and if anyone's interested, the website is realwomenrock.org. We create safe space and hold sister circles in various locations every month, um, facilitated around a topic that everyday women face. And um, we just, it's a safe place for us to just be ourselves. Like it doesn't matter what your title is, doesn't matter what your status is, doesn't matter how many kids you got or how many kids you don't have. None of that matters. You come in for yourself. So it is to provide a safe space for us to be transparent and open and just grow ourselves um, in various ways. And so we have a community 
newsletter that goes out to, you know, people that have signed up to receive emails and notifications. And in those newsletters, our founder was blogging. And, you know, she'd always have like, and again, to me, it's very similar to like a journal entry based on, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever was on her heart or, you know, whatever she might've been going through at the time or whatever. Um, But as she started making, like building her team and um, putting lead facilitators in various locations to lead different sister circles, I thought about, you know, how can we help you? How can we walk alongside you? How can we share the workload? And how can people get to know us as well? Because now we're we're becoming a team. And so I thought, you know, it would be a good idea for some of us to start sharing our blogs as well. And so we all started to. And then each month she would feature a, someone different. And so that's how we all kind of got comfortable with writing. And then around December of 27, not, well, happened kind of a few months before that but we decided we had so many blogs we were like you know what in preparation for the intensive in december of 2017 we were like what if we released like you said an anthology of all of our work just put together into like a devotional um because we had so many entries and we were like you know we can write more because women were just so touched and so inspired and you know, taking that time out, I know sometimes for some people it's like, oh, it's another email, you know, Mm -hmm. this is another like thing I have to click on and read. But for those that are able to make time, people were finding it just like self-care, you know, just um, something that they could engage in, something that allowed them to be reflective. Mm -hmm. And it it was almost kind of like just a prompt, you know, of, of your own reflection and your like a check-in for where you are on your journey and mm-hmm. you know how you can resonate and connect with another sister so um that's how the idea came for us to put it a lot of all of our work together okay thank you for sharing that background information that sounds like an awesome book as well i'll have to check that out and i know our listeners are appreciative of that as well so as you are or were writing your book this is your debut book correct yes this is my solo Okay. (laughs) Congratulations. So as you were, and as maybe you still are writing your book, does (laughs) does it exhaust you or does it energize you? Um, it did not energize me at all. Okay. It completely exhausted me. It was a three-year process. I went to the publisher in January of 2018 with the idea um, the proposal, which was very similar to what I had presented at the intensive, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh my goodness, that sounds great. Yes, I'd love to help you because she has a passion. The publisher has a passion for walking alongside women that want to tell their stories. I'm sure mm-hmm. like you do as well. And um, she's like, okay, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, but I didn't know anything about being a writer um, only because with the other project you know she put together what we already submitted and right. you know, what we already had and you know again it was just like okay you're submitting a blog so right. there really was no back and forth there was no editing and and all of that type of stuff well this was completely different so um the writing process for me was mm-hmm. just very difficult working with the publisher working with an editor um finding deep within yourself to be vulnerable and to have confidence enough to know that you have a story that is worth being told because you have those moments where you're like who am I 
And, you know, like, why is anybody going to listen to me? And I'm, mm. I'm not an expert. You know, I'm just trying to tell you what I went through. And, you know, I'm, I'm not Oprah. I'm not Michelle Obama. I'm not anyone. You know, I'm just I'm just me. And you, you kind of go through that doubting stage and, and just the highs and lows and the insecurities. And then I'm a Christian. So I'm like, God, are you sure you really is this what you really want? You know, you're just not sure. And, and so all of the doubt and then in all honesty, the editing process for me was brutal. It was mm -hmm. the most offensive thing I've ever gone through mm -hmm. because writing is very personal, especially yes. if you're writing about your, your own life. Right. It's very personal. It's very private. And if you are brave enough to dig that up, and then you present it to someone and they either critique, criticize, or you feel like rejection, even if that's not really how they mean it, that right. is how it's going to feel. Um, so that the whole editing piece and, okay, Q, we should change this and we should fix this. And, we, and it's like, you feel like that you cut me, you, you're censoring me and you just want to be telling your own story because you get yourself all worked up and like, all right, I'm going to be free. I'm just going to be transparent. I'm just going to do it. And then somebody's like, no, and not yet. And, you know, and they're trying to change. It, it's, it is a roller coaster of emotion. So mm -hmm. to answer your question in a long way, mm -hmm. it exhausted me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what did you do to overcome the hurdles that you had? Like what, what helped you feel better? Um, I literally had to walk away for a while. Um, I submitted my book a few times, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. And the last time was in January, now excuse me, not January, excuse me, July of 2019. Okay. I thought, this is it, this is it, this is it. And I had a meeting with the publisher and the editor and they, again, were like, okay, the foundation is here and blah, 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 but all these, all this stuff. And now I had had enough. Mm -hmm. I, that was the icing on the cake for me. I had enough. I could not take another ounce of rejection or just hurt feelings, you know, simply to put it frank. I, I just couldn't. And I did not know what else to do. I didn't know what else they wanted. I did because when you're writing, it's, it's almost like you're dumping your stuff. Like it's like a dump of stuff, but you you have to learn the process of putting it together to make it apply to the reader. You're not writing for yourself like you think you are. Now you're writing for the reader and you have to learn how to reframe and reshape and, and all of that, like repackage almost. And I didn't know how to do that. And I didn't feel like I had guidance along the way. So I just didn't know what, what else to do. Like, what else do you want me to do? I never changed my vision. I said, I was going to talk about what loneliness had led to in my life. And then I was going to talk about what it could lead to. You know, I was going to talk about the negative, then the positive. And it was that simple to me, but something still wasn't right. And maybe perhaps there wasn't enough heart. Maybe there wasn't enough um, bringing in the reader and connecting to the reader. I'm not sure, but I didn't know what else they wanted me to do. So I literally stopped. And after that meeting, I was like, I have nothing left. Mm -hmm. I wasn't saying that I quit, but I was saying I'm taking a pause because they couldn't answer like questions. They couldn't tell me. And I don't think anyone can probably tell you how to write or what to say. Mm -hmm. It was more so between me and God, you know, it was like, 
you know, kid, you have to, you, you're going to discover it. You have to just be still, be quiet, be patient and let it come. And as life would have it, it, it really did. Because things that I was still going through and still facing, um, they were occurring. And then that provided the rest of the content that was actually needed in order for me to finish the book. So again, put it down. July of 2019 did not pick it up again until March of 2020 okay. because at that point I'm like well pandemic what else are we gonna do I don't have an excuse now as to why I'm not working on it so I literally left it alone for months and months and months and then picked it up March of 2020 because I had the extra time to work on it again and by that time, my heart was back into it. And I really just wanted to be committed to finishing what I started. I didn't want to be a quitter. I wanted to be committed to myself. I wanted to keep my word. I signed a contract to finish the book. I didn't want, just because my feelings were hurt, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to just give up. So I, I just wanted to um, be true to what I said I would do. Awesome. That was a... Um, thank you for sharing your experience and, and giving us that insight and not um, hiding the, the ugly parts because it sounds like um, some of it was really difficult. Um, so do you have any other advice for authors who are looking to be published traditionally versus self-published? Uh -huh. Sure. So I think that there's work that needs to take place in order for us to know ourselves. And when I say that, I mean, you have to know what it is that you want based on your personality, based on your needs and wants. And if you are gonna want someone to walk alongside you, articulate that. If you're gonna want, like for me, I felt like I needed somebody encouraging. I needed a cheerleader. I needed support along the way. I needed mm -hmm. check-ins and accountability. I needed sensitivity and because I'm wired that way. I want somebody to push me as well, but I needed gentleness that I did not articulate in the beginning. And because I didn't say that that was what I needed, I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to write, um, think about what it is that you're gonna need and make sure that you tell people that because that, that, for, that journey for me was very lonely. And so you have every right to ask for what you need because everyone's not going to be the best fit for you right, right. And, I, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no i was just going to say i think that's the one of the main things and as well as knowing that whatever is in you if it if it's come up for you and if you feel led in that direction you're going to have those moments of doubt. You're going to be like, well, who am I? Why would people buy my book? And why would they want to listen? And why would, you know, you're, you're, you're going to go through all of that too. But just know that your story is worth being told. Definitely, I agree. Um, so all of you who are maybe hesitant to write your story, it does matter and you, you have a right to share it. So um, don't let that prevent you from publishing your book. Yeah. So I know that you shared a little bit about um, the editing process and um, that was challenging for you to, to get the critique regarding your work. Um, what would you say was the, um, what were the positive parts of the editing and did you see that it was worth it in the end? You know, it was worth it for me because when we came back to the table, 
um, in 2020. So I started writing again in March. Like, you know, when I say writing, I was making revisions at that point because the foundation was laid. Um, I was doing a lot of adding and a lot of cutting myself because if, like I said, at first it was this dump, you know, you, you just purging and getting all this stuff out, but then you realize, okay, all of that doesn't have to be in there. I don't have to say all those things. So um, I made peace with it. So it was worth it because when I submitted the book again, I submitted it in May of 2020. And we had the review, that big meeting again in June of 2020. And this time I wasn't fighting anymore. I wasn't like resisting. I didn't feel attacked. I didn't feel offended. I was calm. I was like, whatever we need to do, you know, because before, like I said, I felt very censored because when they tell you to make all these changes, it's like trying to change. Am I writing this or are you writing it? Like, I that's how I was feeling, but mm-hmm. I stopped feeling attacked about it. And I just, I released it. And it was almost like, I just surrendered it at that point, because I'm like, you know, God, I want your will to be done. I want this book to be published. I didn't do all this for nothing. And I think this is what you told me to do in the first place. So it was, it was, again, it was for me. And I know that this may not be everyone's story. I'm just sharing just my experience. My relationship with God was definitely impacted because, because I felt you know, I guess insecure and just rejected just across the board from so many different um, angles, I had to seek him for his truth about me. And what I felt like was eventually revealed is like, Kia, I'm not saying that your story is not important. I'm not saying that these experiences aren't important. But And I, I understand that you have all this stuff that has happened and you just want to tell people all of these things. But what you want to know is that what you need to know is that it's not that it's not important, but it's that if you're going somewhere, you're not going to need to take all of that with you. And that was the main lesson I felt like I learned from the editing part because so, so much was cut. And that was hard for me because I was like, yo, I had to dig this up and now you don't even want to put it in there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, I'm not saying it's not significant. I'm just saying, where you are going, whatever the goal is, whatever the destination is, that stuff that you're trying to put in there is not what's going to get mm-hmm. you there. Mm-hmm. And once I surrendered that, it was peace. And yes. so that's what the editing part did for me. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear that. Um, I know that, you know, working with clients, there are a lot of clients who are afraid that the editor will move their voice. And that's a fair concern. Yes, um, but yes related to what you said you have to make sure that it's a good fit Mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that you trust the editor that the editor trusts you that they understand the way that you write the way that you communicate what your goals are Um, so establishing that up front can cut out a lot of that um, anxiety and confusion and all of that so I agree that um, making sure it's a good fit is important And also, you know, I'm an author as well. So I know what it's like to have somebody edit my work. Mm -hmm. So um, I can relate to that. So thank you for, you know, sharing that backstory with us. Um, Have you ever considered self-publishing before? No. No. Not at all. Because I never thought about writing before. Okay. 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 And 
for you, um, how did you go about finding your publisher? Um, was that a relationship you already had or did you do research to find your publisher? No, I didn't. It was a relationship that I already had. Okay. She's a, a friend of mine and she's also one of my real women sisters. Okay. She's a women lead facilitator as well. And she has her own purpose, uh, publishing company. Okay. Yeah. And then for the editing, the editing was a part of her company? Yes. Okay. Okay. And then did she also supply you with like the book cover designer? All of that was taken care of? She, yes, it, it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. I've, I've never been tra um, traditionally published. So um, it's good to hear that perspective. And the authors that I work with are primarily self-published. So we have a different experience with that. Um, yeah. Um, is there anything else? Well, actually, I'll go back to your book. So who is your target audience for the book that you're publishing? So I think all women, all women, I hope will pick up that book and see themselves somewhere in it. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said at the beginning, I, we all experience seasons of loneliness at some point um, in our lives. It is not just a singles book. So please don't think that it's a singles book because you may be, you know, divorced or you may be an empty nester or you may have just moved or you may be recently retired mm -hmm. or, you know, like, like me now I'm in another stage of life. My mother passed in 2020. So mm -hmm. now I'm a lonely as a daughter, you know, so for different things, different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think that even if loneliness is not your thing, even if that's not something that you feel necessarily challenged about or afflicted by, all of the points in that book and all of the messages, I think are applicable to anything. Because regardless of whatever any of us is facing, we have two ways we can look at the glass. It's half empty or half full. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to choose? And so mm -hmm. um, when, I just want us to all keep in mind that when we're faced with those adverse situations, there is a choice in how we respond to it. Definitely. Thank you for those. Um, those important words and powerful words. So who are some of the writers and authors that uh, influence you? So actually, um, Daphnet Jones is a writer of the book. She's the author of the book called The Waiting Room. And she, I want to say that book came out maybe in 2016. Okay. And she wrote that book essentially while in the waiting room, which is another place I think applicable to every single woman, every single man, because we're all waiting for something. We may be waiting for different things, but we are all in that waiting room. And so her book was a very transparent look at what that felt like. And it was from a very honest and authentic place. And it was highs and lows, you know, it was, you know, okay, God, I trust you to, oh, this don't feel good, you know, and it was, it was just the, just the raw organic truth about what she experienced and her issues were related to infertility mm. um, and again that's not going to be everybody's story but right. we all waiting for something at some point in time mm. so I think again still it's the perspective you know it's the the message um of the choice and how we're going to respond to it is what makes all the difference and so what I love about um Daphnet and why she inspired me is that she wrote that book while in the waiting room she was still waiting so it's not like oh okay god bless me with a child now i'm gonna write a book about my experience no i'm i'm gonna write this while i'm right here because sis i'm gonna encourage you and i'm encouraged myself because we're in this together that is exactly how i wanted to write my book 
I wanted to write it while in the heaviest season of loneliness that I'm yeah. now in, not that I've overcome, mm -hmm. that I'm still in so that you know, I understand mm -hmm. what it's like. I don't, because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes people would assume you're not going to relate to it. Like, yeah, I know we weren't all born married, but if right. you're married now, don't be trying to give me, you know, <laughs> advice about how to cope with loneliness. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right. I wanted to write, like Daphne did, while mm -hmm. in that season, I think sometimes we wait until we've overcome something or until we're better with something or, or something like that. I wanted to, I wanted to write while I was fresh in it. And, and so Daphne Jones inspired me. Okay. Awesome. That sounds like a great book. I'll have to check that one out. And I agree that it is important to write while you're, while you're um, facing whatever obstacle it is. Cause once you passed it, you might forget what you went through or you have another perspective now that you've already, you know, come over that hurdle. So I can definitely appreciate that. So wh while you were writing your book, did you experience writer's block at all? I, I will say I did um, somewhat because the beginning, like the first, uh, three chapters or so of the book is about my personal experience with loneliness and those mm -hmm. aren't good things. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't handling it well. And, and so to relive those stories and to bring those up and, you know, high school and college and, and I'm like, oh, I know this was still going to hurt my feelings, you mm -hmm. know, so kind of like reliving those things. They, that was hurtful, but also too, knowing how vulnerable and how truthful I was being. Right. Say this, you don't know who's gonna read this. Mm -hmm. you know, like your mother's gonna read this. You're, you know, you're I'm a teacher, like mm -hmm. parents could read this, you know. So I, I got worried about, oh boy, is this gonna be too much truth, you know, for some people. I'm like, okay, they're gonna buy it. Don't judge me. I hope you still love me. <laughs> so I that that did cause a block. Okay. Okay. And what would you recommend to our listeners who might be dealing with that? What um what helped you work through that? Um, prayer and, and making a decision. If this is what you feel God has called you to, are you going to say yes? Or are you going to say no? And understand that our, our yeses, I, I don't believe that our yeses are comfortable. They're usually uncomfortable. And, and that's how you know that some growth is mm -hmm. going to occur. Right. Because we don't grow in comfortable situations. We don't change in uncomfortable mm -hmm. situations, but I knew that I was lonely. I felt I felt lonely a lot, and for di for different reasons. And I I knew that I could not control that. I couldn't control, you know, if I'm by myself or not or whatever. But I can control how I respond. I can either say, you know what, oh, I can't do nothing. I don't have a husband. I'm not. I don't have any kids, and I'm just gonna be bored, and I'm just gonna be by myself. I could, but I didn't want that. So I wanted to, I wanted to live different and I want to feel different. And so I've already started to feel different, but yet my circumstance hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But yet I realized, wow, there, there is different. You don't have to stay stuck in that situation. You don't have to wait for the situation to change in order for you to change. Mm -hmm. So my, my encouragement um, to people thinking about and having a hard time with those things is just understand that sometimes you got to do it scared mm -hmm. and you want to be scared. And it's okay to feel that way, mm -hmm. but ask yourself, 
am I going to stay here or am I just going to try? And I, I just think that life is about risk. You know, I don't think you're really living if you don't take a risk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's some things you just maybe feel like it's, you're not going to lose anything from trying, but you're not going to gain anything if you never try, because then you never know right. what could happen. Right. Definitely. And that's uh, great words of encouragement for our audience and also for myself. So um, thank you for sharing that. And I second that. So again, to our listeners who uh, might be fumbling or, or afraid, um, you can do it afraid. Because um, like she said, if you don't do it all, um, you'll, you'll regret it. So make sure that you um, march forward and, <laughs> you know, um, build up your courage and get a great team around you who will help you and support you along the way. So do you see any other books in your future, Kia, or is this book like it for you? <laughs> right now, I don't see anything. <laughs> no, I don't know what, what God will say, but right now. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. So thank you so much for being my guest today. I would love for you to share with the audience where they can, um, you know, purchase their book when it's ready. If they want to follow you, um, let us know your social media, your website, and your contact info. Sure. Thank you. So right now, pre-sale orders can be placed on my publisher's website. It's purposepublishing.com forward slash Kia Mason. And Kia is spelled K-E-A-H. So again, that's purposedpublishingcompany.com forward slash Kia Mason. And that's for pre-sale orders. And the book will be available beginning February 22nd. So if you want to pre-order, then it'll be shipped to you soon after February 22nd. And I am on Facebook, Kia L. Mason, Instagram, Kia Mason, Twitter, Kia underscore Mason, (laughs) Um, YouTube channel, Kia Mason. So yeah, just type in Kia, K-E-A-H, and hopefully there I will be. Okay. And do you have a website? I don't. Not yet. Okay. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being our guest. I thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Again, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best to listen to our episodes. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can sign up there as well. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kia, and be safe and be well. Thank you.